from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. You know, I'm super excited because we are back live, and of course, you know, it's a really wonderful experience when we do the program live because... We always start the show with the famous, very famous segment that we do now called Hit or Miss, and it is super exciting. Hit. Bullseye. Or miss. Just a bit outside. Yes, sir. I love this, Barbara, because you know, we get to take a look at the exciting new stories that are happening during the week in marketing, and we get to discuss whether or not the things that brands, products, services, organizations are doing out there are either hits or misses. Absolutely. That's the instructions for us, and we're really happy today because we have a terrific guest to join us in this discussion. We have with us today Lauren Thomas, who's a reporter for CNBC in New York, and she covers retail and retail real estate. Hello, Lauren. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, I love your stories, by the way. I friended you and Instagrammed you and whatever else you get to do to you. Um, And your stories are terrific. So thank you very much for being here. And I'd like to also ask anybody out there, if if anyone out there wants to ask us or Lauren a question, or any of our guests, by the way, throughout today's show, please feel free to call in at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. We are live. Our phone lines are open. And we are ready to take your calls if you want them. But let's start out with this notion of a hit or miss. Americus, what do you got for us today? All right. Yeah, Barbara. So, you know, you and I have been talking about it a lot, right? We spend a lot of time figuring out, you know, after we teach a tough class, you know, we want to go veg out. And, you know, streaming is now the way that we do that now. So I know that you are a subscriber to uh, Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all of this. And blah, 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 right. Uh, blah, right. I don't even know how many of them are out there, <laughs> exactly. but I subscribe to all of them. Uh, and I think uh, some big news recently is, of course, the fact that uh, Netflix uh, reported, I think, something like 200,000. Uh, lost subscribers in the first quarter of this year, uh, which was against uh, predictions of the analysts. And when I was just thinking about that number, Barbara, I was like, wow, this is incredible because we're talking about between 2 and $4 million of lost revenue per month uh, based on the subscription opportunity there. And so I guess it looks like that Netflix is going to attempt to maybe try to recoup some of those revenues by introducing an advertising component uh, to the model. And that's the question is, like, is this a is hit this or a miss? Hit this or a miss? I mean, what do you think? I, I don't know. I, can I just tell you a story, Barbara, because really quickly, I mean, your husband, Bob Meyer, introduced me to YouTube when it first came out. And Back I in the spent, prehistoric days? It's prehistoric days. <laughs> I spent 20 hours on YouTube watching it for the first time. I thought it was the most incredible thing ever. Fast forward to today. I hate the ads. Can I just tell you that? I mean, they've got me so close. And they're only 15 close. seconds. <laughs> and they're only, they're tidy. They're tidy snippets. So I'm thinking that this is a miss. I don't like it because I think it's sort of putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Okay, not okay. Maybe so let me take so another point of view. Yeah, so that's yep. an interesting point of view. Who doesn't hate ads, especially crummy ones, right? And we've talked about that before. But the issue is, which is what you were saying, when you know, all the ones we're subscribed to, that people have subscription fatigue. And these companies have to make money. They're either 
either going to make money on subscriptions or they're going to make money on advertising. It's one or the other. And there seems to be evidence that people are willing to put up with a few ads so they don't have to pay subscriptions. If you, I really am subscribed to bloody, 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 blah. And each mm-hmm. one of them is like $10 a month. I mean, you're starting to get into serious money. Um, right. And I just, you know, as good as TV is, I do have a life, you know. <laughs> right, And exactly. I'm willing to fast forward through a few ads or even actually watch them in order to see the content. So I think it's if it's done right, it could be a hit. What do you think, Lauren? We got one and one. Yeah, well, maybe I'm torn, but, but hear me out here. I, I think the one thing that you didn't bring up yet, Americus, is this password sharing problem, right, that Netflix yeah. is, is now dealing with. And, and I yeah. forget, they called out the number of how many. A hundred million, I think, is the. Yeah. Even, yes. Yeah. Um, people are sharing Netflix passwords. I mean, we probably all do it, right? And they're saying that they're going yes. to now start to crack down or at least attempt to crack down on that. Who knows if they will be successful? I'm curious how that's going to work. But it's almost like maybe potentially we created this problem ourselves. And if we all singularly were paying for our own Netflix account, potentially they wouldn't be heading in this direction with the advertisements. So it's interesting to think about it through that lens. It's like, have we we taken advantage of of Netflix in in such Mm -hmm. a way that this is the route? That's That's another point of view, but... That doesn't solve the problem of too many subscriptions. I mean, because we, right. you know, HBO Max went direct, Hulu's going direct. Now we got all the networks having their own streaming categories. And if you want to be a little eclectic in your watching, which many right. of us do, it's just too expensive to pay that mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And, you know, the idea, yeah. one of the things we do, Americas and I teach a lot in our courses, is customer-focused marketing and mm-hmm. growth and customer Focus marketing comes from building customer share. So the idea is you take your good customers and yeah, that can pay more, you know, and somewhere along the lines, customers say enough, you know, I just can't afford it. So I think I I agree. Part of it's the password sharing, but part Mm -hmm. of it is the subscription overload. And part of it is, you know, this trade-off. We understand there's no such thing as a free lunch. But you are you are right. a variety-seeking expert, uh, Barbara. What is your what is your prediction about? Is this a winner-take-most market? What is the you know like how what you know what what is the steady-state equilibrium of the number of subscriptions uh, any average consumer is willing to take on? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and it depends by category too, right? So like this is a media category. You do tend to see a lot of this subscriptions, you know, and connected to this, by the way, speaking of my husband, Bob Meyer, he was also <laughs> telling me that he thinks cinemas are out, that nobody's going <laughs> to the movies anymore. Um, and that's kind of an interesting thing. If you used to spend, what, 20 dollars for a movie ticket maybe yeah. you do have a little bit more in your wallet to spend on subscription services if in mm. fact you're not going to the movies i don't mm. know if that's part of the replacement or what's going to happen but these things are not unconnected mm, interesting yeah i think that's super interesting I, I just you know for me from my point of view and i don't i don't know if you registered it as a hit or a miss lauren so i want to get yeah your, we didn't get your you know, vote <laughs> you got to break the time I, come on I, I, I was trying to squeeze my way out of there <laughs> I think I think I would label it as as a hit because I'm thinking of it more from a business perspective and and being a profitable business and particularly delivering that to, to shareholders, which I would imagine is what they're trying to do. Um, I, I just think it's an, a 
inevitable move at, yeah. at this point. To, and in Fair that enough. way to reach maybe a wider audience, those who don't want to pay as much versus and all the way to, to those that And here's a really good idea. If you agree with this, you know, if you think, okay, we have to sit and watch a couple ads in order to get this content, right. maybe they could make the ads good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's so, fair enough. Lauren, you're sitting there at CNBC, looking with your eye on the news. Do you have some stories for yeah. us to talk about? Why don't you tell us some of the ones you've been looking yeah, at? Yeah. So here, I wanted to get into uh, so my, my hit or miss that I thought would be a fun one to to discuss with you all this week. It's related to Facebook or Meta, as as we I guess we call them now. <laughs> and Meta is now opening its first to essentially sell customers the metaverse and virtual reality, but through bricks and mortar, uh, which I thought was a really interesting move. The the company announced that earlier this week. um, They will be opening this location. Now, to be fair, you know, it is, I think they're opening this store very close to their headquarters in in California. Nice and safe. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of experimentation, right, to try to see I mean, I'm sure in large part it will just be employees and, and people that, you know, work at Meta that, that might be visiting this location. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's in one way you could look at it and say, well, does this totally go against kind of what Meta is trying to do at its core and in, in really selling consumers on this virtual reality experience and living through headsets and, and whatnot? And, and now they're opening a physical location. I think some people looked at this news and were like, huh? That's interesting. Uh, of course, mm. they're arguing that they really want people to experience this in real yeah. life before they decide if they want to buy the you know, VR headset or whatever it might be um, and, and take it home. I think it'll be really interesting to see if they expand this concept, right? And ultimately yeah, open uh, I think this is a really interesting idea in several different ways. First of all, in my yeah. mind, the metaverse is not just all or nothing. Just like with omni-channel or online or offline and everything, it is combination of in real life, going to mm. online, going to metaverse, et cetera. It's mm. just another one of many different channels. And mm. so the idea of connecting with the physical retail store to talk about in real life what metaverse might be and allow you to experiment is very much in keeping with this idea that the metaverse is not only about just jumping into the metaverse and never getting out. You know, right. So they'll talk about NFTs, and the NFTs can be linked to something in the metaverse or to physical product outside, right. and that's, that's right. part of the idea. The other thing I think is interesting, and I, I, I'm curious, actually in your own headline, I don't know if you wrote this, but somebody at CBS, CNBC did write it. They talked about it as the first retail store, you know, a face, Facebook or Meta's first, suggesting that maybe exactly. there'd be more. And that yeah. idea is similar to what Apple did. You know, Apple, if you think about the genius in the Apple store with Ron, John, Ron Johnson back when he was like a guru that everybody respected, and he put in the genius bar in the Apple store and people swarmed into that Apple store as a social hub, a headquarters. Facebook could be doing that also. They could be opening up a physical presence where now retail is now kind of the new advertising in a way, another way to spread brand, Mm. uh, spread the ideas of metaverse, you know, and what they're selling in this product is the hardware that you need, which is physical, you know, um, to, to view the metaverse. Americas, what's your take on this? No, that's really super interesting. I think that, you know, from my perspective, I love the idea only because the notion of what Barbara talked about earlier, 
uh, Lauren, and her and I are in conversations right now to develop an entire course on metaverse. And one of the things we're struggling with is like oh, wow. defining the damn thing in the first place. And it's to be able yeah. to because it's uh, in people's minds the metaverse. What the hell is this thing, and right? You know what I and hate so about this is Facebook th- calls it its metaverse. Like Facebook yes. owns the metaverse. Yes, it, 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 Facebook does <laughs> yeah. not own the metaverse. But what it does own is the opportunity to sort of be the thought leaders in getting this ball mm-hmm. rolling. I love the idea of like creating a physical place where people can actually, to your point, Lauren experience this thing and then have a very concrete perception of okay now i get this but to do it the right way so what barbara is saying is i create the a social environment where there's you're not just jumping on headsets and trying out headsets immersed in this kind of solo kind of world by yourself but there's components in that physical retail environment lauren that create the community aspect create the right experience and then really kind of kick off consumers deeper educational understanding of what this thing is and its potential so I, I actually think that this is a pretty nice nice hit of an idea. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a yeah. hit. Let me reintroduce you. I'm Barbara Kahn along with America's Reed. This is Marketing Matters. Today we are joined by Lauren Thomas, who's a reporter for CNBC in New York. She covers retail and retail real estate. And we were just talking about the new retail real estate that Facebook was opening with opening a, or, excuse me, Meta. Meta was Meta. opening <laughs> in, their new, in their new store to promote their metaverse so to speak and that is an interesting idea again but the way and I'm sure Laura knows this the way retail is going across lots of different retailers where they're looking for digital they're looking for physical retail they're looking for growth in lots of different ways and I think that leads us into some of your other stories which I love to talk to you about which is like I know you listen to the earnings call on Lulu and you know what Lulu's doing let's talk a little bit about in my mind Lulu's a big home run. Uh, we don't have to talk about it as a hit or a miss because it's clearly a hit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no no bias here at all. None at all. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say a lot, of, a lot of analysts would agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, they recently had an investor day um, where they did lay out some long-term goals, longer-term goals, I should say, for the business. Uh, and they're pretty lofty. Essentially what happened with Lululemon, right, is you saw much of the apparel industry really suffer and kind of collapse during COVID. But if you were in the business of selling leggings, sweatpants, sports bras, I mean, forget it. You did gangbusters, right? And, and that's what really happened for Lululemon. Um, their sales essentially doubled from 2018 to 2021, which was way ahead of schedule. So they laid out new growth targets and now expecting the business from 2021 to 2026 to double again. Um, so that would be about wow. $12.5 billion in annual awesome. sales should they hit that mark in, in 2026. Wow. But an interesting piece of news that I wanted to highlight, and we could have a discussion about it here within that investor day, is Lululemon, Lululemon uh, going back to our Netflix conversation, they announced a subscription model. Absolutely interesting. So, yeah, here, here's a company you know in the business of selling apparel. Now, remember, they bought this mirror business back in 2020, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with mirror. It's, mm-hmm at-home fitness product, you know, it competes with Peloton, but it's more about strength, strength building. Um, so now, you know, we, we see this move as trying to kind of fold that mirror business better into the Lululemon business. So if you pay $30, $39, excuse me, $39 a month for the subscription, which will launch later in the fall, you'll get access to all the mirror fitness content, as well as a number of other fitness studios that Lululemon has teamed up with. 
So whether mm-hmm. that's Rumble or uh, Y7 Yoga, Pure Bar, um, and they they are now creating kind of this platform where all of the classes will be within there, and, and you as a Lululemon member will have access to that, and you'll also get some um, access to to exclusive products in the Lululemon stores, and you'll get you know to see cool cool new uh, new stuff before the general public. So that's viewed as another perk as well. But I am really curious see how many people ultimately are going to sign up for this. So let's let's unpack some of that. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And Lulu announced a lot of different innovations, like they're going to do resale also, as well as Mm. that. They're going into shoes, which is a big difference for them, Mm. because most of the other athletic companies start with shoes and go into clothes. They're starting with yoga clothes and then go, right, and shoes are hard. Exactly. Ask Under Armour. Yeah. 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 So the idea here, though, Lauren, what you're saying, which was in keeping absolutely with our Netflix argument, is one of the, they're arguing their growth is coming from three places, right? Digital, international, and men's. That's where they're talking about. But then the, and so that's new markets, that's customer acquisition. When you're customer focused, the other thing you want to do is get more money from your existing customers and that's what the subscription will do right so you've mm-hmm. got these yoga aficionados or whatever they're called that yeah. that used to go into the, the lulu store to do yoga with their favorite instructors and mm. now what they're trying to do is monetizing that behavior by mm. having wellness content that you pay a subscription for mm-hmm. and i think they're as worried about it as you are for whatever you said the price was thirty dollars forty dollars a month that's Ooh. steep so they that's are as I understand right. it, yeah. starting with some free content that you can mm-hmm. get as a member of yeah. Lululemon something or other. And then once you get hooked on it, mm-hmm. you'll start yeah. to pay. Is, isn't that right? Aren't they doing something like that? Yeah. So they have they have a free tier that will obviously offer you much, much less than what you would get if you paid that $39 a month. Um, but, yeah, they said that within five years, they expect 80% of their customer base to be signed up one of those options, which is, again, I, I feel like pretty lofty. Um, and it just goes back to this whole idea of bu- building loyalty, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what you really want to do and learn as much as possible about your, your customer as possible. Yeah. Well, Lauren, you know, you've written a lot of stories and we can talk to you all day, yeah. but now our time is back, uh, is over. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. And where can our listeners go to keep up with those stories we didn't get to discuss yet? <laughs> Absolutely. No, thanks for the, the shameless plug. CNBC.com. <laughs> you can find it all on CNBC.com. Yeah, and look for Lauren. She is a great reporter and she reports on very interesting <laughs> stories. 